1: <laughs> to Food for Thought, a podcast cat fest for a multiracial mix of queer writers gather around the table to talk about sex. Mm. Identity. Mm. <laughs> 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 what we like to read and who we like to read. Food for Thought, This American Death Drop. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> um, oh my god, yes. Ballroom Love would it. tell
2: you, it's called a dip, first of all. Mm. Second of mm. all, I will never be able to predict what comes out of our mouths during that introduction, nor nope. can I figure out which of it is earnest and which of it is making fun of ourselves. I, I really, truly don't know at don't. this point. Anyways, just let it, you let it move through the body. The you just let it move <laughs> through yep. the body. That's Anyways, the, we have to get to the, <laughs> our main discussion today, which is the guy that took 75 loads on Twitter. Does anybody yes. have, Do, you, do you, does, is anybody able to break it down? for us what exactly happened because I actually I'm not really following I mean, it's, the story. It's,
3: this, it's, a, it's a total, you know, fantasy that a lot of people have mm-hmm. of being face down ass up mm-hmm. in a hotel room. Mm-hmm. You post that all online. You have, you know, you have people come through. They top you until they come. They bounce. The next person tops you until they come. They bounce. It's just sort of were it's a they wearing masks? The,
2: the gang part—it's kind of like that. It's, it's a gang bang, but one at a time.
3: It, it can be more than one at a time, oh, but oh. the point is that you're there taking loads. Okay, yeah. And, and I, so
2: one guy allegedly did this. I, there's video evidence of what? it. What? Yes, yes, yes. And why have we not reviewed that? <laughs> of schedule because <laughs> um, I was trying to prep for today. Wow. Okay. Please prep, prep being, being an important child. word <laughs> if you are
3: trying to take seventy-five loads. Exactly. And actually, you know, the, it, so it went pretty viral on kind of the freakier sure. side. of twitter uh (laughs) and and there was a lot of people like shaming the person and then the person did a really good job of being like that was awesome and like i took COVID precautions and I took HIV precautions like wow. it's like you, you can be the slut you want to be and have everyone watch you take 75 loads, and that can be awesome you know I, I
1: think also oh sorry I was gonna say was 75 an agreed upon number is there it a it was as many Seems as very
3: possible? Uh, you know so it's did a, at
2: some point did he kind of like fill to the brim and <laughs> he had to like well,
3: you push out you know and... oh
2: he pushes out after every oh. no
3: not after every it just oh. kind of comes at some point you're yeah. so full just, yeah that's there's, true there's a little bit of backlash Leakage, yeah, but I don't know, know, know if you've ever fucked someone with cum inside of them, but it, it's great. It feels
2: awesome. I don't know. I mean, i again, I think that there. I think Tummy
4: to me, Tommy <laughs> tu- Tommy. You're gonna be okay. Geez, okay Get some water. Breathe <laughs> through vomit. your nose. Breathe through your nose.
2: <laughs> through the nose. Cummy. I think that there is um there's a there's a um a there's a line to draw somewhere between you know kink shaming someone which we don't want to do to this person but also saying this is gay idiot culture (laughs) um and this is objectively idiotic and it i still commend you for it like i commend you and i would i I would do a version of it would you do it friend not 75 no that's way too many
0: (laughs) my time is
2: important i'm sorry (laughs) i have things to do yeah, I'm- how many okay wait, wait that's actually a great question what is the maximum number of loads you would take the limit not- does not exist <laughs> i'm sure it doesn't God, i damn. would say i mean it depends on i guess the, the span of time because apparently this guy did it, in it, was, it was like 24 20, hours yeah 24 hours which is a lot of time so it's, it, it became much less impressive to me <laughs> when i found out that it was within a 24 hour span not to nitpick <laughs> um but I think maximum in a 24 hour span I could take quite a lot. If it was like in one session that's like, you know, 4 or 5 hours, I would say like I don't know, I would take a dozen that's great that's a Five that's a, that's, commend, that's commendable that's <laughs> commendable yeah <Tommy. laughs> I would love to take a dozen loads I mean not all I, the time but it would be an experience
3: I, it would be it, would, it is an experience there's also a sex party by the way and I can't it's it's it's, it's a, a horse pun but I can't remember the name of it horse meat disco it is a, it, it is not horse meat disco but it sounds like that where people sign up to be um, mares and people sign up to be stallions and the mayors can only bottom and they Take all of the stallions, and the stallions can only top. So it's sort of like. So a would you be fantasy. a mayor
2: or a
1: stallion, Joe? Uh, I've
3: thought. You'd be a mayor. A, I would. I would. I would go for either role. I'd be happy doing either. But if you had to choose,
1: mayor of East Town. <laughs> <laughs> mayor of Butt Town. No, mayor sorry, of but... Yeast Town. <laughs> no, I like it.
5: <laughs> yes. Oh, I would no. much. I would much rather mayor eat. of Boost Town. <laughs> I would I gotta much gotta rather Twelve grilled cheeses <laughs> over five hours and take twelve <laughs> loads yes. Dan, in like my body. I thought
3: this would be a fantasy of yours, then.
5: I th- I am because you love such cum. a cum slut. Oh my god! Too. But this I'm is the thing. Lie. I I just don't like that many people. Yeah, that's a lot of people. That's if we people. if we could do seventy five loads split between the minimum number of men who could do that for me like and they could just go multiple times it could be this sounds this sounds like when fun. it torture
3: someone it's like give them Viagra and make them fuck yeah, you I for, know. until they've come I know
5: times. and then it becomes not good for <laughs> but that's a 75 pe- oh that's a lot of it's just a lot of people that's it's a lot. lot of people it's a lot of bodies it's a lot that's of a lot. body odor I don't,
3: I don't mind people when they're not talking and they are fucking me oh that God. is a good that is a good version of human people not talk just dead silence just dead <laughs> silence and plowing muffled yeah dead Tommy, behind the eyes Tommy ice. Tommy <laughs> Imagine yes. taking 75 loads in your mouth, teams.
1: Okay, uh, <laughs> Teeps, Pico, indigenous American poet, screenwriter, t- TV writer, and fuck all y'all. That's just <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> not, not, not the personal choice, but like just all of that
5: cum yeah
2: it is no, a lot I, of cum it is a lot of cum i would
3: you, you, just just to gross tommy out there's an, another thing people do where they like have someone freeze a bunch of loads like up to 100 plus loads and then use that on their body and
5: butt in like one session
1: we're are, moving on that, that, they, that could be really nice like, on
5: a really hot day when your air conditioner is out a no. cumsicle I,
1: yes oh i can see that anyways <laughs> <Tommy us> <laughs>
5: that is fucking funny <laughs> not a cumsicle
2: okay. <laughs> has to retire <laughs> every day it feels like we're trying to make Tommy quit
3: why I am Joseph Osbitson, scientist nonfiction writer and my sexuality is deciding who's hot on the subway even though you can't see anyone's faces
1: ooh have you ever been walked by somebody and you're like they're hot wait how do I know they're hot oh they don't have a mask <laughs> yes that happens me 100% you're like why can
0: I see your Absolutely, mouth all the time
1: mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Fran
2: I'm a writer I'm an editor and does cum have any nutritional benefits yes which ones protein, protein. it's very high in protein no 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 antioxidants it's like, si- it's and like six, lipids I looked it up it's like 6 grams
3: it's like 6 grams but 75 loads then becomes quite a lot of it's protein like one hard it's like boiled a it's like egg. a shake it's like a
2: a, a, a <protein> <shake>. A lot. Wait 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 wait! I'm going to do, do the math. math. On that, that is 450 yes. grams of protein. pure protein. Yes. That my trainer would be so proud.
3: Yes, yes, because this is a sodium shake. that's is much sodium.
5: Isn't it a lot, so lot of glucose it's I think as well? Potassium, not
3: so much glucose. No, it's fairly low in, in carbohydrates. Okay, got it,
1: Tommy. Oh God.
5: <laughs> Den, I'm you yourself, I'm I'm Den Ugh. Michelle Norris. I'm a reader, a writer, and a former figure skater. And this show has done something that I didn't <laughs> think was possible, and it has ruined my love for cummies and my tummies. So, oh! <laughs> I no longer want it. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, who's got the menu for today? I do,
3: I do. Today, our little episode is all about stepping away from our screens. We start by giving terrible advice, and we end with a short trip to Mm. Montreal. Oh, wee wee.
1: Buck, 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 we got. (laughs) I'm feeling a little peckish. I think it's time we start the top of the show the way any good top should, with our uproarious appetizer segment, Amuse Bouche, and then, cha-ching, get out your coin purses, benches. It's time for Penny for Your Thoughts, mm-hmm. our uh, advice segment that you should never, ever follow.
5: That's right. And uh, we got a really
2: good one today. I'll, I'll, I'll play it for us.
0: Hey, Thoughts. Um, Okay, I want to precurse this by saying that I love my partner very, very much. We've been together for six and a half years now. Uh, and he is my best friend, one of my best friends, if not my best friend. Um, however, uh, while I do love him incredibly and I know that he loves me a whole lot, um, I don't think, uh, we should be in a relationship anymore, uh, from the very beginning, I explained that I was a lot less monogamous than most um, in gratuitous detail. And he said that he was okay with it. Uh, and then suddenly he wasn't. And it was a lot of back and forth over the last six years. And, you know, we finally, not really even finally we've gotten to a place where it's sort of settled. But, um, you know, i uh, I still feel the way that I feel still very polyamorous, uh, still wanting to be very open, and he seems to not be. And I don't really know how to have the conversation that we've had so many times, but have it ending with us amicably breaking up. Um, so any thoughts on this matter would be super dope. You guys are great. That's okay. so sad. Wow. Oh, man. Well, wow. here's the thing.
1: It's like when you start out and in a relationship, and especially you know, in those like you're optimistic, and and you think like maybe we don't want the same things right now, but once we love each other or we get along in the relationship, you know, we'll, we'll get in sync and we'll want the same yeah, things. And yeah, what's yeah. hard about that is like you actually did the work to find the love and to grow the love, yeah. and you still mm-hmm. don't want the same thing.
2: Yeah. We almost don't even need don't even need to give this person advice because they kind of answered it for them. It's like yes, yeah. you should break up. I think that like people. I don't know if one is monogamous and one's not, it's like you might as well date like a gender you're not attracted to. Like it's that's an yeah. incompatibility. It's, that's, it's yeah. an incompatibility. That, That's an incompatibility point blank period. I think what's interesting to me about how the person framed this question that I think is worth talking about is the um, fatal error of I love this person, but hmm, which yes. is. Uh, a paradox. And I'm not calling this person out. I think that this is, I've said probably the same thing. Like, I love this person, but, but it's almost like love is unconditional. That's mm-hmm. like yeah. how it's supposed to move and work and breathe and thrive. And if, you know, you're trying to say like, the things that I don't like about this person are this specific area of them. You still, you still love them, you yeah, know yeah. that. That why, why add this like qualifier? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm curious how this person saw their relationship to love because they use love the word love so much yeah. and the specific situation, which is why they seem to need advice. It's because it's
1: hard. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard to so break hard. up with somebody when so there's hard. when they when they're not awful to you. Yeah. yeah. Oh my, you know?
2: gosh, oh my right? god. Oh my god. Yeah. I'm so true. It's so Dude, hard.
1: Say that. I mean, it it really is, and because yeah. it's like you're only. You, your fatal flaw was loving me. Yeah. Oh, you know, like Ooh. I'm sorry, like but you have to. Those are. Hard. I mean, getting broken up with is difficult, but yeah. breaking up with somebody, it's also difficult. It's, it's for me, it's harder. Yeah, because especially because if if there wasn't an incident or an event, or they're not horrible and they they're not abusive, you just don't. You're just like like he said. I don't think we should be in a relationship. He literally said, "I yeah. don't think we should be in a relationship." Yeah,
5: it, it's. Yes, it's hard to break up with people. Um, But he said it, and also it sounds like they're both reading the writing on the wall. Yeah, because they know that
3: the partner is. Yeah,
2: I think that's why they're calling in is because they don't they don't have the wherewithal to actually make the move. But if if
3: the seems like the partner is like thinks everything is fine because they've compromised on the polyamory thing and they've been together six years and I don't know. He's
5: maybe he said he's a. He, he did say the partner's upset. So yeah. I, like, you can sort of be, like, on the face of it, everything's okay, and then still know that it's not. And I'm not saying that that makes it easy to break up. Um, what I am saying is that regardless of how the partner feels, if you don't want to be in the relationship anymore, then you have to take the step. Like, yeah. there, you don't want to stay in something that you don't want to be in, and more than likely your partner won't want to be in a relationship with someone that doesn't want to be in a relationship with them, even Mm. if it takes them a while to sort of lean into that feeling because it's hard to be broken up with. And for Mm -hmm. me, it's much harder to be broken up with than to do the breaking up. But the other thing I'm – what I'm really interested in is that this person at the start of the question said, um, you know, this person is my best friend. And Mm. so you you can love someone in that way and then be like, but we shouldn't be in a relationship together. Um, And at the end, they're like, how do I do this – um i'd like or or i'd like to do this and have us remain friends and i think the really difficult thing that this person maybe has to reckon with is that um you know you get to extract yourself from a relationship that doesn't serve you you don't get to um control or determine what the other person's mm-hmm. response is mm-hmm. going yep. to be mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you have to be okay yeah. with the full range of um, what could happen, that person could be like, "You're right, that's cool, we're still friends." And that person could be like, Probably "Fuck not. you, I hate you, I never yeah. want to see you again." Which is, we all know, I'm famous. I famously refuse to be friends with exes. Yeah, um, I, um, yeah, I, and I definitely. Think
3: that's what I would absolutely love to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't want to be with me, just to maintain being in a relationship. That sounds great. To you me. are, <laughs> to, you <laughs> are, you are fully on brand. not uh, Model
2: for these young thoughts.
3: Come I, on. I, uh, I want to say. I 100% agree with Dan and I think it's super important that you have to accept if you are breaking up a romantic relationship, you can't control what the terms terms are, what it's going to look like going forward. On the other hand, I do think it is possible if you two are best friends, it is possible after a period of, of change and difference to like, even say, for example, I know people who are exes who live together now and have like a lot of things that seem like it's, it's a, life partnership. Yeah. It's just a life partnership based in friendship, not based in a romantic relationship. And it's like that uh, Foucault quote right. that like, you know, queerness isn't necessarily always a set of desires, but it's a, a possibility of relations. And it is possible that this, these two people could be best friends and not, Romantic life partners, but, both but partners have to consent, but to it. both partners have to consent to it. And you are hundred percent as Den saying, you are opening up the possibility by breaking up that this person will not be your best friend anymore. Yeah. And
1: they mm-hmm. might need time. And they might,
3: they will. They I mean, will. almost yeah. certainly.
2: need it time. It yeah. really was, um, you know, American philosopher, cultural critic, one of the greatest writers of our time, honestly, Cheryl Strayed, who <laughs> once said, you are not a monster for wanting to leave. Wanting to leave <clears> is enough. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. I think that I love what you said, Tebs, about like, you know, that the, um, the ongoing, a problem of trying to break up with people that are actually kind of fine. You know? Um, I, I feel like in relationships, I mean, like a lot of times, like being in in a relationship, one that isn't, you know, making you happy is like being underwater and you don't know what water is, you know, only until you are not drowning anymore are you able to look at the thing from a birds eye view and see how bad it was for you at at a t- at the time mm-hmm. i think when we have relationship brain when we have that kind of lizardy relationship brain it makes breakups so much harder it makes yeah. leaving mm-hmm. so much harder yeah. but you have to know that like weeks or months from now when this is over you'll ha- maybe wish that you had done it sooner yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um But yeah, I I guess. And the
1: longer it drags on, the worse it is for both of you. Mm -hmm. You have to be if if you're going to be the one to call it, you have to be brave for for both parties and Mm -hmm. realize that, Mm -hmm. like, Mm -hmm. you're not doing him a service by staying in a relationship that you don't want to be in. Because I don't think that when it comes down to it, if you're not compatible, then not only are you holding yourself back from romantic fulfillment, but that person as well.
3: Yeah, you're not letting this person have the opportunity to find someone who he is compatible with. Yeah. yeah.
2: And I hope it's like a really... I hope it's like a, you know, a loving uncoupling. You know, I think that it's yeah. it's yeah. hard, you know, as you said, you know, whatever the reaction is, like, that's the reaction. But I do think part of being an adult, honestly, is just being less shitty in breakups. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, those are... That feelings are feelings, but they're not facts. Je refuse. Yeah, I know. I know. But you're not an adult, so. So I think all of our
3: advice is break up with him. Break up with him. Yeah.
1: But do a good job.
3: But do a good job. Don't fuck it up. Don't fuck it up. Fuck
1: it up. It's time we got to the meat of our discussion the thought process spelled T H O T. T H O T. And slinging our cell chicha this week. It's. Yeah.
3: yeah, all right. So it's a little bit of a topic that we need to ease our way into. So the first time... I saw this phrase online. It had to be somewhere in 2020. I think it was in the midst of some heated discussion about something that didn't really matter uh, between like Marx and Trotsky and Stalin and like rosebud uh, Bernie Twitter. Uh, and then <laughs> I have no idea was. where we're going with this. Continue. <laughs> the phrase, touch grass. Ironic mm. advice from one to another about their dedication to going down this rabbit hole of doing nothing but fighting on Twitter. Mm. This phrase might have caught my eye in 2020 because so much of our lives was lived online. Oh Maybe God, it was so because much. I needed. Needed myself to go touch some grass. Maybe it's the way in which the vice totally incensed the other person, the person it was directed at. Maybe it's because since then, when I take my dog Max to the dog field, Tommy loves my dog. I literally put both feet on the ground and enjoy the feeling of grass beneath them. We're all stuck in front of our screens all the time, and we all do need to step away. So the phrase has really stuck with me. So to begin, thoughties to start. What is a phrase like this on the internet? The ultimate clapback that you cannot get out of your mind. Like a, like a, I don't know her from Mariah, this type of thing. Do you have any favorites?
1: I love it when Rihanna responds to haters with her own GIFs. <laughs> oh my God! Oh my God! She's yeah. honestly the only person that can do that. That
5: is <laughs> so good! Yeah. It's, it's so true when yet the minute that I have a GIF, I will do that as well. <laughs> um... This, it's so old, but it just brings me so much joy. I still sometimes go on Twitter and scroll down just to look at the tweet, but when Hillary... Um, tweeted back at um, Donald Trump: Delete your account. Oh, not a not a Hillary tweet, No, I, I did. I loved it. it. It brings me. It still brings me joy. It's, oh it's, no! It, it is what it is. I need
3: to take a shower. That is really <laughs> bumming me out. Gonna, I'm sorry for bringing up this account. topic. To let's the group, let's just breeze right past that <laughs> and
2: talk about the clapback that invented all clapbacks, which is um, someone responding to Cher's tweet. Uh, ta- when she was talking about, you know, I think she was talking about DACA or something and, like, trying to, like, you know, do her best to, like, help, whatever. And someone said, sure, you will help Cher. Like, I'll believe it when I see it. And then Cher said, keep your eyes open, bitch. <laughs> Queen.
1: Queen. Queen. Done.
2: Done.
1: Done. I'm showing everybody the tweet. Oh, my um, God.
2: Cher is so good at that brand of, like, kind of, like, Twitter response. Like, um... I'm sorry. <laughs> this is not funny. When <laughs> Betty So when Betty White died, um It was it was like it, it's funny. Cher's response is funny. When Betty White died, there's a really amazing Twitter called Cher Doing Things that just like has this archive of share footage. Yeah. And they tweeted, it was like a few days after she died, they tweeted like a dance that Cher did with Betty White on the Cher show. And Cher responded <laughs> saying, Oh my god, I forgot I love her. And it was like, you on the day that Betty White died you you forgot that you you fully performed with her i was like what (laughs) obviously she's very old it was like a very cute earnest and she was like i forgot i'm crying i love you betty white and i was like don't tell us that you forgot (laughs) just like what like it's just so i just love her on twitter i think it's so good i also say i mean while we're on the topic of things that happened this year um azalea banks instagram story series um uh, on the January 6th insurrection <laughs> is a political commentator is Azalea Peng yeah. and her Instagram stories are a historical document is, like I'm thinking about like when all the white people were like climbing yes, those yeah. walls and yeah. she was like um this is some meth behavior <laughs> <laughs> that is, this is some meth
3: behavior is actually a really good class. so accurate <laughs> I love her oh, so much oh my god so are, are are y'all feeling this way like just so glued to your screen and mm-hmm. it becomes the whole world and you like can't step away i do
1: feel submerged but yeah. i don't have an alternative because when i turn off right. my screen i am alone oh, dear, Tommy. oh. <laughs> and i just have been for two years yeah you know and it's it's the only it's like it's it's it's, it's caustic the way yeah. it functions as both my, like, my ability to socialize and my, you know, putting my head in my own shell. You know, yeah. it, it, it just, it becomes both of those things. And I just, I resent Not to go back to a a show that we already did, but I really resent having to be online in order to socialize now with people. I don't do video chats no more. I haven't done them in a while. I'm like, we can talk on the phone like we used to, and I can water my plants, and I can fold my laundry, and I can... You know, it's like something that that just... I I just don't want to look at people. I mean, also, like, my job is on Zoom. You know what I mean? Like, my writer's room is on Zoom. And it's like, once I close... Oh, God, I don't want to look at people's face no more.
3: It's so fun. I really, to this day, I still prefer talking on zoom than on the phone. I, there's just something it like feels crazy. more real when I feel so, when I see someone's face and I see them react. But I think the toxic thing about this whole time is that we've all been so lonely. And then the thing the only thing we have to go to to not be lonely is the computer. And it's the very thing that's making us lonely. It's just like, it feels like there's literally no way out.
5: I so I'm with teams on this. I also now prefer talking on the phone. Um, most of the time, there's A different kind of intimacy for me that talking on the phone yields that zoom um that that talking to people's faces on screen doesn't quite yield in the same way um so i prefer and also i think there was so much of that through the first year of the pandemic that you just get tired of it and like Mm -hmm. we're zoom fatigued i also feel really lucky because my my both of the jobs that i've had during the time of this pandemic um Even though they were remote companies, I didn't have to spend a lot of time on screen with people. And I I do appreciate that. Um, But as we all know, I am not addicted to being online. I am not addicted to being on social media. she is not. (laughs) And I famously love being alone. I am endlessly entertaining to myself. (laughs) (laughs) I relate to that, actually. It it does not matter. I... My roommate and I, who are very close friends, were recently separated um, because my roommate had COVID. And so I went to other friends' apartment to isolate and so that they could isolate in our apartment. And... Um, once they tested negative, I was like, yeah, I'm still staying in our friend's apartment for the rest of the break <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to use it as a, as a little writing residency, which I did. But we were talking because my roommate was like, I have such a hard time. Like, I, it's harder for me to be alone like this and you, you're you so good at being alone. And I was like, I, 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 I love my roommate. I love living together. We have a great situation, but I just love being alone. So I do not need, there's no part of me that needs to go online for social activity. It's sort of like, it feels like a professional obligation. I don't know if I would have Twitter or Instagram at all if I didn't." Um, feel that it was necessary for my career.
3: I feel like I'm the I'm the worst one here. I totally get sucked. Yeah, you into definitely are the like worst you, one here. I don't I don't the, know why you, you get, said that as if you it get, was a yeah, maybe. You get sucked
5: into the fight.
3: I, I, I get I get sucked into like fighting about COVID rapid tests with John one three four five six seven. You know like, <laughs> and like, and girl, like girl you do it on Facebook. That's that's definitely a, a Russian to do it you know in what I mean? Facebook comments is. <laughs> oh
2: wow! I will have a fight. I can actually in hold comments. space for like anxiety needing to like. Take place online, but not on Facebook. (laughs) I still love Facebook, everybody. Well, that is because you're 52. I Um, am an
3: old. And I think that it is... Because Facebook was originally more academic, I actually, like... You know, I feel like I've become, you know, friendly with like Imani Perry, whose work I just Mm, absolutely love. And her Facebook, she deactivated. I hope it comes back at some point because her Facebook was a place where she brought so many different scholars together from so many different fields. And the comments were lively, and I learned things and I figured out like what to read and what not to read. But yeah, that fighting thing, and it totally does something to your brain. I understand why people do these crazy Twitter fights because it, does something to your brain where you're like, nah, nah, you're typing and you're like, I'm going to show them and they show you and I'm going to, and you, you get so activated and that feeling of just like that's why i think touch grass sat with me because i i it gave myself an intervention mm-hmm. i i'm not doing that so much anymore because when i start getting really? that feeling yeah i mean i'll still do like a little clapback or this or that but mm-hmm. when i start recognizing that feeling that activation in me i literally take my dog and go to the dog park mm. to touch grass that's like nice. it just that feeling of it being outside and we live super close to prospect park so i it's right there. I have grass. Do you have like an right aha there. moment about
2: this, like a boiling point? Yeah,
3: it was like literally this I know. Like some, I also, someone specific or something. I it was this thread. I also mm. love reading other people's in unhinged nonsense on Girl. the twitter.com. You, you really love pain. I like I just love watching people devolve. <laughs> it's yeah, really like watching a car crash to me. And it's perverse. Um so it was in this moment where I was like. And, and also, you know, I've done a lot of political activism since before Twitter was a thing, um, all the way back to the early aughts, right? Like organizing on campus and organizing in grad school, organize, or organizing in New York. So I'm like, what is the point of a bunch of people with rosebuds on their Twitter yelling at each other? Like, this is not – this is counterproductive. This mm-hmm. is the opposite of organizing. You're yeah. arguing about, like, Lenin versus Trotsky, and, it, like, it just doesn't matter. You know,
5: so I mean, you guys have heard me talk a little bit about this, but in 2016, which is when we all met at Ten House, I had like maybe a month, the month before, I'd gotten into a huge fight on Facebook with my best friend from home, Kelly, over something incredibly dumb, like incredibly wow. dumb, and we. In a way, I'm grateful for it because it exposed the fractures in our friendship. And, like, we had to have some conversations and make a conscious decision that we were going to repair our friendship and that Mm. we wanted to move forward. Um, And we had, like, cognizant conversations about it and where we were. And that was good for us. But at that moment, I was kind of like, I think I'm done with this because Mm. I don't, like... The friendship bit. or the Facebook? The the Facebook. And okay. I, I'm still on Facebook. Like, I obviously have a Facebook account bookmarked, as we all know. <laughs> but I was like, I think I'm done giving conversations in this space or any other digital space um, any real attention in this way. Because mm-hmm. it is of no use to me in, in, in any substantive way. It is a waste of my time. My time is valuable and limited. Yeah. And I just am not doing it. And so... That like that sort of limited engagement has allowed me to engage in these way in these things in ways that feel for the most part healthy. I won't say I never get sucked into something. Yeah. And sometimes I like to watch the tea go I down. It, it can be very entertaining I or like black it Twitter. So much. It can be super entertaining entertaining. But for me, I'm just like I just feel like there's no there, there's no value and there's no purpose and I live a much better life, not engaging um the 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 beauty in silence and choosing to close my mouth and here's here's another thing that I do I will say sorry here's another thing that I think contributes to this (laughs) I love closing my mouth I'm gonna keep talking talking. um I remember that early on in the in 45's presidency I remember feeling like, it almost became an official thing that Twitter became this place where you you made announcements, pol- yeah, like, yeah. policy was announced, and we have allowed this to be, and I remember that at some point I was like, this is a place where, like, like the first time I ever heard about Twitter, someone was like, Oh, J.Lo's, Lo's like eating a burrito while taking a shit or something.
3: <laughs> like, like, I don't think that happened, Tommy's. Something but I like want this. that. To I don't know. Or like J.Lo's Lo's
5: I... eating a burrito. I don't know. It was something dumb, right? The first time I ever heard about Twitter, and I was like, I'm not signing on to this. And I was like, this has become a place where like the pres the president, which I'm doing in air quotes, makes like announcements. And it's also fueled this thing where now all of us feel like we have to on this space make announcements that we don't have to make. It's like very happy and wonderful to say, like, oh, I, I sold my book or I got this new job and like that's all that's great but for me I guess what I realized is I don't know anyone my thoughts about anything yeah. I, that's, that's mine and mine alone and I never have to have to open my mouth if I don't want to if I don't want to deal with what's going to come out of it or whatever I just don't have to do it I,
3: I Fran, what
2: about, I feel like you're in a very different way than me. You're also very online,
5: capital I, I,
3: V,
2: capital O. I feel like I, I like, this subject matter, the, the the topic that you picked is actually the most relevant to me. Yeah. Well, I guess you are also very online. It, yeah. uh, no
5: one
3: cares. I have, like, 2,000 followers. No one cares. But I I do spend a lot of time there. Aren't but not you close
2: to 10? I mean, followers is not, you know, it has nothing to do with, like, what, what your, I think orientation like, un- engagement
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah well
2: how unhealthy it can be for me. <laughs> I, 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 like to me Teebs, the way you open up the conversation about that that the, the dichotomy of i'm so alone right now and the only and i actually have a, a legitimately satiating and communal literally communal experience yeah. online when i catch up with my friends in this way and at the same time this is, like, a poison. You know what I mean? Like, I I think a lot about, like, the writing of, like, you know, our friend Jenna Wortham, who d- touches a lot on, like, technology and its relationships to, like, dissociation in our bodies. Yeah. And, like, we all have to know that, like, these devices are designed to create addictions. Yeah. And it's crazy to me that there are people in the world that are like, don't do drugs. How dare you? But they, like, have an iPhone. You know yep, what I mean? Yep, it's like, yep. th- this is something that is actually destroying your body has has physiological ramifications on your body yeah. by being on your phone for six hours a day which mm-hmm. i think is the average Sounds right about right it, yeah. i think it's like six or it's a it's a, the average is insane Um, but I, I don't know. I think when, um, I also think a lot about, you know, leaving social media, what that costs me, when is the right time to do it? I think a lot about that Z-Way tweet where she was like, um, she said, my biggest career goal is to get off Twitter, (laughs) like to be famous enough (laughs) to not meet anymore. You said that about yourself. Yeah. I, I think about that all the time. And like, I, um, and then I also think about, um, the Pamela had, did you see Pamela Anderson leaving Instagram? No. Okay. So when Pamela Anderson left Instagram last year, she, she wrote this, long kind of very weird paragraph breaks kind of like Rupi kaur ass, like you know poem (laughs) thing and the last thing she wrote in this post about why she's leaving social media she said now that I'm settled into the life uh, now that I'm settled into my life I'm genuinely inspired by reading and being in nature I am free Look at this, and look at this line, look at these line breaks. Is Pam Anderson the voice of a generation? Wow. That's wow. so good. That is amazing. Um, but, I, but, like, thinking about that, obviously that comes from, like, a huge place of, like, privilege. Yeah, but right. it's, but it's still, like, oh my god, I, I would be free. Like, what, what would I do with my brain? Because wow. I personally know that my phone is, like, a life source for me, and at the same time is, like, the number one like, instigator of my own dissociation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and so, like, what do we, what do I do with that? I mean, literally, like, what when you feel yourself starting to do that, what do you do? Yeah. And it was so exacerbated. Like, it was an ex- it was a problem before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah. And so, exacerbated by that p- pandemic, something that we talked about before in this podcast is that the bodily dissonance of something that you think is physical intimacy, but it's only digital intimacy. Mm-hmm. And how mm-hmm. our brains get really warped in the interaction because... We're not in person with that person and so right. we'll say things to someone online that we wouldn't have said in person mm-hmm. we'll send nudes to person online that we wouldn't have sent in person you know Ooh. what i mean <laughs> Wait, how do you send a nude in person do <laughs> <laughs> you,
3: you just take off your clothes well yeah i'm yeah. sending you a nude right <laughs> <now>. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, how y'all want a taste of this primordial mood? Uh,
5: pretty sure
3: that's a crime. Like what like God. do you is there something you do when you, you're feeling that way? Do you like have a what's your touch grass?
2: Oh, I go on a fucking walk. I hate you all. I know, right? I, I go on a fucking Sucks. walk. Um, Sucks. I, I had a my best friend on the planet um was uh we were doing a job together this summer. And he had a very exacerbating um, experience with like credit card fraud that had him on, you know, the phone for hours with Chase Bank. It's like an infuriating debacle. But he was so wound up and infuriated and like so like nuts in his head. We got back to his house. He was just like walking around and fuming and like looking at his phone. And I was like, why don't we go to Griffith Park? Yeah, Yeah. And why don't we leave our phones here, Yep. Mm-hmm. And it was like one of the something that we would never do. And it was like one of the best memories we had had together mm-hmm. in like a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot about like what it means to because obviously there are a lot of scientific studies about where your phone physically is. Mm-hmm. So if your phone is on the table that will make a, a huge psychic difference than if it's in your bag. Mm-hmm. And it'll make an even bigger difference if it's in the other room. Right, right. Um, they did, like, this case study on, like, students doing tests or whatever and whether their phone was in, on the table or in their bag or in the room. Like, had a, 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 you know, what is the what is the scientific term? Exponential relationship or whatever. Um, So I think a lot about that. It's like, what can I do to remove my phone from the room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. And,
1: like, not having it, like, within reach. Yeah. 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 That's been yeah. really good for me. Also, like, not... Thank <laughs> you engaging with certain things like, I don't know, whether it's like watching TV or uh, not TV, but like I, I have like a monitor and I have it on Roku. And it's like, I, I like to engage with that because I don't get notifications. Oh yeah. It's really yeah, cute. Yeah. That yeah, you I have, have a Roku. By I right. also have <laughs> a Roku. Oh my I've God. i for eight years. I guess it'll match your iPhone 5S. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs>
3: exactly. I, uh, you know, this is, it's bad for the earth and I would never, you know, I, I don't have a car normally, but like driving is so relaxing to me. Yeah. Just get a Tesla, because, because
4: Oh my yeah. God. Just yes. line Elon Musk's coffers. With your dollars, um,
3: I I I can't afford a bike, so I don't know how I would get a Tesla. But um, you know, I, I rent a car when I come to LA, and you can't like physically. It's like dangerous to be on your phone when you're driving. And I also feel it's, it's it's this very odd thing where the technology makes me feel very physical. It's like I move my hand like this, or I move my foot like this, and the whole car moves in this way and that way. And um, I've been driving since I was like very young, uh, and and I miss it. I miss driving. I love like it's so relaxing to me you know and i've been running a lot of errands out here um but i would totally be that person where if it weren't horrible for the earth i'd be like i need to go on a drive Mm -hmm. and especially up in like the hollywood hills or up by griffith park or like where the roads are like a little windy and you come around like the view you get when you drive um to the ocean and all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you drive under a tunnel and the ocean is right there it's just like euphoric i love it Yeah.
1: Mm. yeah i love cleaning um oh, mm, teams that's that's, so, that's
3: such a good word there's also yeah.
1: like something there's always something to be done in the house there's always something yeah. to be done and it's like i'm ignoring the fact that mm. my clothes are spilling out of the hamper yeah. While I'm also fucking tech DMing with some hottie, right? And right, it's like, right, right. put that down, cause, cause that's for me right now. And I think this is why I need to get rid of Instagram. It's like the Instagram flirting, and it's just like that. Oh, that being such it. a hit, I love it. That yeah. hit it of is a, serotonin oh, or whatever yes. it is. And yes. I just like wait, and I like put it down. And, like wait, I like put a new story up and say, like, did they look at it yet? Did they look at it? Yet? Did they oh, look oh, that is yeah, yeah, in
2: my veins. Ooh, <laughs> I just got a little dopamine rush just from that being described <laughs> to me. Oh,
1: um, <laughs> and it's like, well, you know what you really like is your apartment.
4: Yeah. And you yeah. love
1: it when your apartment is neat. Oh, wow. You yes. know? And like, I'll just, you know, get out my little vacuum, and my, like, I'll just like polish everything. And then I'm like, oh, I love
2: that's sitting a really in my one. chair. I think in like meditation and mindfulness stuff, like, they, they always, like, something that's extremely difficult to do, but I've been trying to practice is um, like, Every time you pick up your, have you ever looked up the number of pickups you have a day? No, your phone no. tracks the number of times you pick up your phone. It's like hundreds of times. Hundreds. It's crazy. Oh, it's. Yeah. Um, and so I, what I do, what I'm trying to, it's very difficult. I never do it like consistently. But like when you pick up your phone, is there anything you can do to 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 ask yourself why? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because. Mm-hmm like 99% of the time we don't actually have a
1: reason. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, like I remember for a while there after having deleted Facebook for years, every time I got to the computer to type, I would automatically start to do FAC. And I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't don't go on that website anymore. I think,
3: uh, Fran, the word you use mindfulness is like Mm -hmm. such an important one. And not just in like the meditation practices, which are so good for your brain. And like all the studies show that, but just, recognizing the feelings you're having Mm -hmm. and like Mm -hmm. the, the dopamine hit you get from the DM from the hottie or the, 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 the spiraling down into a Twitter argument doesn't like when you start to recognize those feelings in your body, it gives you a choice. And the choice is that I could keep feeling this way and go down the Twitter spiral, mm-hmm. or I could interrupt that feeling and, and choose to do something else. And I don't think we always need to feel guilty if we make the choice that's, you know, often perceived as a bad choice. Like there are, like Fran says, literally the app is designed to make you go down that Twitter spiral mm-hmm. because you will keep looking in the app. You will keep looking at advertisements mm-hmm. and they will make money from you. It is physical physiologically designed Mm. to have you spiral Mm -hmm. right and so you don't have to feel guilty if you do that sometimes but it also gives you the opportunity to interrupt it and say today is not the day that I need to engage in this cycle of like brain chemicals that may or may not make me feel good at the end of it
2: and I think thinking about chemicals is helpful because I think when people understand that these things ruin our eyesight they ruin yeah. our breathing they ruin our posture they ruin they ruin so much physical stuff yeah and that's just the the tip of the iceberg yeah. so if you think about real actual ways that it affects your life it might help you i don't know develop a better relationship yeah. to it and give it up
5: more. i don't i don't know if y'all have experienced this but i found that one of the biggest challenges for me is that it has interrupted my ability to concentrate deeply for long periods of time like that I used to be a person part of why I did the things I did when I was growing up is because I used to be a person who could just easily sit down and focus for hours at a time on like whatever it was that I was doing and I found that like in this age of smartphones that has become like I'm not again I'm not super addicted to, to like interacting on social media but sometimes I pick up my phone a lot just to scroll I have nothing to say I'm not looking for anything there's a something about the motion that feels like it calms me down if I'm anxious and I'm like this is not healthy Mm -hmm. um but it'll be in the middle like it'll be it'll come after but it'll come after like one minute Mm. of me sitting there and being like I'm not sure how to do this thing yet let me pick up my phone and scroll for 60 seconds I
1: do feel a privilege. And it's because I'm older, and I had a whole life before any of this stuff was yeah. invented. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. like you said, you you knew a time when you had the ability to focus deeply. Does yep. anybody do that anymore? I honestly wouldn't even call that a
2: privilege. I would call that I would call that a you got you very lucky timeline <laughs> <laughs> in your life timeline. Yeah, because yeah. I didn't.
1: I mean, smartphones came out. But like I didn't have any ability. Like when they first came, 2012. When they first came Same. out, it was like that was like that's some real housewife shit.
2: Yeah, you know, yeah. I was like, I don't have yeah. that, fancy, kind of, people yeah, that,
1: that yeah. fancy people shit. Yeah, that was fancy
2: people shit. fancy people shit.
1: And then on a, and I like Same the phone entry, that I had, I could never text on. Yeah, and it was literally mm-hmm. only for making calls.
3: Yeah. You had to pay per text. You remember that? And so, I remember. Sometimes people text. would
2: text you, and you paid to receive a text, and you'd be like, don't texting I, me. I have a very no. visceral. I had used to have a pay per text thing, and then I think the year that we got an unlimited plan, I entered like. A weird psychosexual relationship with my best friend, and and I, and I and my mom, unknowing to me, unknowingly, um, was I guess track. It had like a parent lock. And one day I came home and she had all of our text messages printed out of like us like sexting me and, and Lauren and sexting. Lauren, if you're listening to this. I probably shouldn't say your last name, Alex. Can you bleep that? <laughs> <laughs> That's a nightmare,
3: Fran. Wow, so it was horrible. Hard. I was Trauma. like, I was like fourteen Wild. or fifteen. But oh.
2: it, it just goes to say, though, like that you get so in. Just as I was saying earlier, you're so inside something that you would never say to someone in person, yeah. mm. and you kind of. And I honestly think sometimes that can be a great it thing. It Can be a great yeah. thing. Yeah. But. Sometimes that can be, you know, a tool. Um, but it also creates very dark corners of the internet. Do you yeah.
1: remember yeah. when you're understanding? Well, or when you realized that that the internet had changed and things were on a rapidly accelerating course that you didn't know where they were going to end yes because i remember my example and i don't like by the time all this stuff came i had already graduated college yeah. mm-hmm. like i didn't have an iphone when i graduated college i didn't have an iphone for years afterwards and mm-hmm. i remember um a, a guy coming to visit me and he was younger like this was the last time i dated somebody who was like 23 because I just don't do that anymore. But he <laughs> was like a, he was a senior at the college that I'd gone to and he came in from from uh, Bronxville to into Brooklyn to hang out. He was he's a native New Yorker, so he knew the yeah, stuff. Yeah. He's a
2: native New Yorker. Sorry. Just need to put some Wendy Williams into that. <laughs> Love that song, by the
1: way. <laughs> uh, th- but then um I was like, okay, so I had I had drawn Oh my God. Directions. Yes. Because I because MapQuest was the thing. MapQuest. Oh my <laughs> God. Oh my God. I remember oh. when we yes. used to print out MapQuest to drive? Out yes. was yes. Oh my God. And was... then he was like, oh, I don't need that. And I was like, oh, okay. And then he was like, oh, because he had like a smartphone that right. told him, that had the GPS on it, told him where to go. And I was like, oh. My god. My god. Yeah. It was like that moment and I like remember like watching the making of Jurassic Park when the people like that's the movie when they switched over f- from claymation to like live action and the guy who was um the guy who was in charge of the special effects realized that he had become obsolete.
3: Oh. Oh, mine was when the phone had a phone button on it. When you had to click phone in your phone to get the phone, as opposed to just open up the phone and have it be a phone. I was yeah. like, oh, this is this is mostly not a phone. Mm. And then my other was the the Adam for Adam to grinder pipeline. Yeah. Once it was like you can see the gaze in your building, mm. not just your neighborhood, because on Adam for Adam, you could pick like your, you know east side or west side or wherever you got the whole neighborhood but ooh, yeah. that... that
2: makes me think about how the internet has warped like queer relationships mm. maybe actually gay relationships more more specifically but like i'm thinking about like or actually the other day someone texted me and they were like oh my god like someone's looking for your nudes on this website ooh. and like i um I, I won't promote the website, obviously, because it's like it, – but it's literally like a, a kind of Reddit board or whatever where people say, does anybody have nudes of this person? And mm. then, like, they post other people's nudes. So, like, this is organized sexual assault, obviously. Yeah. But um, I, like, some – like, I, I saw, like, a thread on me or whatever, and I was like <laughs> – Oh. <laughs> You're like, <laughs> oh, we made it. Also, the girls want my nudes. <laughs> <laughs>
5: I was like, so flattered. <laughs> you leaked your own nudes, Fran. I
2: almost did. I was like, because they couldn't, they couldn't find any. Uh, they, they, didn't, they didn't, none of them, none of, I, I, it's honestly amazing to me that none of my nudes have leaked yet, but like, uh, the, none of them were on this board or whatever. And I was like, should I just drop one in? <laughs> Under like a like a you know America's a random username, yeah. but my point is like it's it does like the internet creates this gay worm brain, and oh, people yeah. that will mm-hmm. tweet you know about the Me Too movement will also do this and have oh. no idea that what they're doing is is harmful, yeah, but yeah. also very flattering. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> That's a real the, both and. The
1: more I've tried to actively disengage, the more frustrated I've become with people who don't. Oof. Like I Tommy, I was, I'm
3: sitting right here. Okay. <laughs> Meredith Marks is sitting right here.
1: I was the at dinner bop. with a friend, with a couple of friends, and it was like anytime I opened my mouth to talk, she would like look at her phone. And I oh. I just said, I just said, I, just said, oh. I must be real boring to you. Oh. She was like, What what do you mean? And I was like, because every time I open my mouth, you look at your phone, and she was like Oh, I, I didn't even realize. And it's like... It's because it was on the table. It's a mm-hmm. new... Yeah, exactly. And then, like, I, I went to mo- the movies or something, like, uh, to to an outdoor movie screening with a friend, and, like, I was watching the movie, and all she was doing was, like, watching her phone, texting every now and then. I was like, aren't we here to watch the wow, movie? yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So my exasperation with people's unfettered relationship to their phones and the internet is starting to... Do weird things to me? No, that's yeah. good. It's that's, called having boundaries. Well, I think yeah, good. it's I think it's uh, healthy. Also,
2: sorry, not looking at your phone when you're trying to catch up with a friend, that's like etiquette 101. One, I thought well, we one. figured that out like 10 years Like, yeah. you know what yeah. I mean? I thought that was something that we're all doing. I understand if you're like besties and you've been laying around all day, you know, that's a different thing. But it's like you're at lunch together. like you're taking the covid risk for fuck's sake i'm not taking the covid risk to watch you watch your fucking
3: phone i think it's
2: like uh, it's paying attention to like when social media makes you feel good and when it makes because i have i'm very addicted to my phone i have hours on end or times where i'm just like i just need to look at my phone and i can revel in that like i can have Mm -hmm. so much fun getting into the shit of like the guy that took 75 loads or whatever you know but like hopefully there was no shit gotten into exactly right? <laughs> yeah <laughs> I
5: well mean, some people like that
2: yeah
1: that's your kink yeah, so It's okay.
2: Um, but yeah i think it's just knowing when yeah. it makes you happy and unhappy
1: also doing stuff like this yeah. i feel yeah. really really tied into you all very present mm-hmm. and very present yes like we're working on something and it's because like this show i mean it's so stupid, <laughs> but it is like, it works because we listen to each other yeah. and listening requires you not doing other things. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it is like, I think about how,
2: like I have three or four times a week where when I'm biking to like go on my workout, mm-hmm. I have basically three hour, almost three hours of like no phone time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you can build in areas of your life where you actually literally can't look at your phone yeah if you leave your phone at home on your walk if you you know there are a lot of different ways to do this but i think that kind of building that into your life is is part of that discipline i guess literally touch grass to everyone go touch some fucking grass Mm.
1: i'm feeling full but like i could fit one more thing inside of me, Den knows how I feel. <laughs> I, I liked it. I was into it. <laughs> I liked what you were serving, Den. Uh, more, please. You. Thank you. This week, I believe Joe's going to put the cherry on our top.
3: Yes, ladies. Um, I was having a conversation with my friend Dave, who I stay with uh, when I when I'm out here in LA. He's he's a film nerd. He's an editor, a director, um, making a documentary right now. And we were talking about queer cinema. And and um, how like a lot of a lot of younger folks aren't tapped into some of the queer cinema, the amazing queer cinema we've, that, that's been you know for for decades. Um, and it's not just you know jingle all the way or single all the way or whatever the fuck that that <laughs> shit is. This new sort of like uh, representation, glossy Hallmarky, blah blah blah. And we started talking about the um, the early films of Xavier Dolan, who's a, a French Canadian filmmaker, an auteur, if you if will. You will. I will um, I will not. <laughs> and he um, made two films that I absolutely adore. The first being J'ai tué ma mère, which is I Killed My Mother. And the second being Les Amours Imaginaires, which is for some reason translated to English as heartbeats. They're both French language films in this gorgeous, weirdo fucking Quebecois. Um, and they... What I love about these movies, like in J2 and Mama, I Kill My Mother, is just an insufferable homosexual and his insufferable mother. And there's not like this, like, there's a weird tension about his sexuality, but he, there's no like good narrative yeah. of him like growing and yeah, becoming that. like a better person or this. It's just like conflict between two insufferable people yeah. speaking weirdo French. And it is so like, that it feels like that that isn't allowed to just let faggots be horrible people who yes. don't grow. It's so true. And we then his um, his second movie, Heartbeats, is this film about a gay best friend and his straight girlfriend falling in love with the same guy that they both kind of project onto. He's kind of like not even there. They just kind of both are fully it's one of the best movies about infatuation because it is there's nothing logical there's nothing great about this guy other than how hot he is and he sort of flirts with them both and leads them on and the movie is stylistically fucking gorge it is beautiful it is hilarious it is dark it is sad uh and i just love heartbeats is probably my favorite of his movies it is just really 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 fun and funny um and dark and unexpected
2: I love those films. I think both of them, as, like, a duo, I think they, mm-hmm. they should be watched, like, around totally. the same time, are, like, a, a rite of passage for, like, your early 20s. They're very, like, early 20s Absolutely. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, honestly, if I were to rewatch them now, I might not relate as much, because my life is less consumed by my think- thinking about my mom, or less consumed by romances that are yeah. that young, or where you're so out of control... But like I do think that they're just such I remember watching those things with my first boyfriend in New York and feeling like, oh my god, I had never seen this kind of like mm-hmm. queer messiness. Mm-hmm. And just as Harinaff mm-hmm. said, positive representation is out, <laughs> out for twenty twenty two, okay. Which means that this podcast is, is in. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. The you are the welcome. <laughs> I like what you said, though, Fran, about how they might have a residence in your early years and maybe not as much anymore. And I think, like, that's so true of so much queer cinema. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: Who remembers Rent?
5: Or, like, Uh, Uh, Weekend. uh,
1: uh, Honestly,
5: looking.
3: Looking. Uh, Oh, Weekend. Weekend Mm. is another. I actually think Weekend is kind of similar. Weekend is a little bit more heart felt it's a little bit more there's like a a romantic narrative to it there's something that happens in it
2: well Um, i think that european uh, cinema is like less concerned with like the the american complex to like teach people lessons uh uh and so when teaching lessons is also enwrapped in queer representation Uh the queer person's identity is the thing that teaches the lesson and so to have a film like this where their identity is a completely inextricable or is not inextricable is completely removed from the a lesson if there is one yeah and is
3: and but they're still queer it's like not they're not queer and that they're not sexual it's like they're queer and they they don't have to teach anyone from it anything anyone they don't have to teach anyone anything with it it's just like a, a person being queer, being infatuated, being young, having conflict with his best friend that he can't really talk to her about because they're both kind of trying to sabotage their relationship to the himbo. Mm-hmm. It's a total himbo situation <laughs> before oh. the word was a thing. Um, and it's just, oh, it's it's a romp. I, I also, I, um, I was probably in my 30s when I saw it for the first time. So it is like, it feels very chaotic in mm-hmm. a way that stresses me out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it is, it, I definitely um yeah it definitely feels it feels so true mm. Feels there, so true. there is
1: like that that time in your early 20s when it seems like longing was the most curious and important thing oh yeah, yeah. and i it like, just it's, having it's... is where it's at now yeah.
5: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> welcome Hi to your having 30s this out. Perfect. Turns out it does
1: get better <laughs> no that no dead so not, funny.
3: not it gets better
1: This episode of Food for Thought is made possible by the generous, unequivocal support of Rosé and our new home at Stitcher. Our producer is the internet oracle of our lives, Alexandra De Palma. Subscribe rate and review us five stars on iTunes or we delete all of our online presences. Oh my (laughs) god. Sounds like a dream. Honestly, someone just do it for me. Please, no. (laughs) I am Tommy Teabes Pico. You can find me at Hey HeyTeabes, H-E-Y-T-E-B-S on Instagram because I deleted Twitter. I'm
3: Joseph Osmondson. You can find me at www.josephosmondson.com where you can pre Order my book, and Fran, you know you wouldn't delete your Finsta.
2: I would never. <laughs> I would never. I am Fran. Uh, you can find me on all social media um, as Fran Squishko,
5: and you can also stream my new podcast, "Like a Virgin," with Rose Domi, anywhere you find podcasts. And I'm Dan Michelle Norris, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Dan Michelle.
1: Find us on Instagram at Gay Sluts Who Read and join us on Facebook and Twitter at Food for Thought Pod. And finally, send your questions, thoughts, concerns, and dicks D-dicks. to thoughts at podcast.com As always, that's food, the number four, and thoughts spelled how? T H O T. Perfect.